my name is Michael Bosey. Welcome to my podcast, Marketing Without the Marketing, where I try to teach you what I know about content marketing as a practitioner in little 10, 15 minute episodes. And I'm in the middle of a series that is counterintuitive lessons that I've learned about running my own business from doing content strategy and trying to provide value to people and all of that. Uh, Today, I want to talk about, well, content marketing is marketing, right? And marketing ultimately needs to lead to a sale. That's why we do it. Today, I want to talk about timing. Namely, when do you ask for the sale? When is it okay for you to to actually come out and ask for the sale? So what's the convention here? You've heard it. I've heard it. Salespeople always say you ask early and often, right? Get in there, ask for the sale, do it as early as you can, do it often. You got numbers to hit, you got a quota to make, you got to do this, right? Well, here's the thing. Consumer behavior has changed Now, in light of the web and the fact that we're all connected, we talk to one another, we can find out anything we want about you now, right? Expectations are higher. And before we buy from you, there has to be trust. So this early and often concept, nope, that's not going to work now. In point of fact, you're probably going to want to go for the sale late and infrequently. Now, this sounds counterintuitive. I get that. But here's the thing. Social media, in particular, has been a miracle to to the business world, right? If you've got a new product or service, you can tell people about it. If you've got a new book coming out, you can tell people about it. I mean, you get that. But here's the problem. You see a lot of people using their platforms for me, 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 right? Let me tell you about what I do. Let me tell you about my company. Let me tell you about my product. Too much talking and not enough listening. And if I hear one more social post that starts with the three words, check out my, I might just scream. Look, I've got no motivation to check out your anything unless I like you or I trust you, right? And that's not going to come from your first ask, especially if it's early. It's not going to come from our virtual handshake, if you will, right? That's not going to come from our second interaction, maybe not our third. You got to stop asking too early. You got to give it time because trust takes time. And here's the thing. If you ask too early, you can actually do damage. You'll actually be at a deficit. Just like we talked about last week uh, in the episode about NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. And, you know, I went on my rant on that last week. You can you can hear that uh, in last week's episode. I left a link for you in the show notes. But look, if you've built up trust, you won't need an NDA. And the key to selling anything now is that you need to have a relationship. You need to have trust between you and your potential customer. Trust is the new currency in the new way that we do business. It used to be that you could hammer people with ads to build awareness, right? The channels were limited. The choice was limited. Scarcity was an advantage, and that's just not the case anymore. The web has opened up tons of opportunity, and you could say it's for better or for worse. I personally think it's better. I think more choice is better. I think smaller players succeeding is better. And this is why I built my entire business around helping smaller players, because I think the world is a better place when they succeed. Not just 
you know, better for the business owners like you and me, but ultimately better for consumers too, because we as small business owners, we can get closer to our customers than big corporate entities can. We just, I mean, it's just a fact, right? And when we do this, we can serve them better in a more human way, in a more caring way. We are invested in their success. All right, so really what we're talking about here is trust. And look, how do you measure trust, right? Trust comes in doing, not just saying, right? So I say this often by way of example, but for instance, take my, uh, my LinkedIn profile. That's a self-reported listing of me talking about myself. It's not believable at all. And it's not to say that I'm you know, misrepresenting myself or I'm lying on my profile or whatever. And I hope that you are not as well, but it's not exactly unbiased, right? That's not where you want to get your information. And I'd always rather be measured on my podcast episodes or the blog posts that I write or the work that I do. I think that's much more important. So do, don't just say, it's never going to be believable. Just get out there and prove it. Uh, that's the best way to do this. Now, also, you know, trust is going to come in consistency, right? You got to show up regularly. You can't just, in your content strategy, for instance, you can't just publish one blog and then be done with it, right? You got to get in there and consistently deliver value. And it's not just in your blog, right? That's that's in your products as well, or the things that are surrounding your product. You have to be there. You have to be reliable. You have to Uh, it's the only way that you're going to build up trust is to just show up and do it in a consistent manner. We can believe in you. We can trust you. And here's the other thing about this. Trust is, is funny this way is that trust can also be transferred to you when it doesn't just have to be earned. Advocacy is a key component of content marketing. Word of mouth marketing is what we call that. And that is the quickest way to accelerate the trust process uh, is to have someone else risk their reputation by endorsing you. And this is really key if you want your business to scale, right? Because without trust, no matter what you put out there in the world, your message is not going to travel without that trust, right? You really do need for others to be transferring that trust to you, for others to bring their friends and family and colleagues to you and, and your service, right? That, that person, the potential customer who doesn't know about you yet, they have no reason to trust you from that first instance. But if a friend says, oh, hey, you should go and have a look at so-and-so, she does X, Y, or Z in her business, she might be able to help you well, then you're likely to listen, right? But look, this is not just a passive process. You can actually activate this. You can do something about this, and you should. as you know, running your own business. You can't just rely on word-of-mouth marketing. In other words, just put an excellent product out there and just hope that people will start talking about it. It can work, right? But for most people, you're going to want to accelerate that a little bit. And of course, like everything I teach here on this podcast or with my students or with my clients, you got to do this in a soft touch way. You don't want to be pushy about it, right? Not only can you not ask too soon, you can't ask too much, right? Any of this is going to be off-putting and consumers now are desensitized to sales pitches. We've gotten used to this, 
in the ads, the pitches, the cold calls, whatever. And look, we as consumers are really good at tuning it out now. But there's a method to building trust. Okay, so here are the basic steps, right? First of all, you're going to, you got to make the first move, right? You got to put yourself out there. You can't just hope it's going to flow back to you, right? You can't wait for people to come to you. You don't want to be the type of person or the type of business that is always saying something that you're going to do, but never do it. You got to make the first move. Get out there with a blog post, with a series of how-to videos, with a podcast, with email lessons, whatever it is that you can do that can help people. Now, second thing, it's got to be quality work, right? Whatever you do put out there, trust is not going to happen if your work is shoddy. Good quality work is table stakes to get you in the door, right? From the argument that you're making, uh, to the look and feel, the design, to proofreading your pieces, making sure it's a professional product. And look, we're all small business owners. We do what we can with free tools and whatever just to get something out there. But make sure that it's worth looking at. Make sure that it's worth reading. Make sure it's worth listening to. All right, I already mentioned this, but consistency, really, really important just because, you know, when you're producing any one of these instruments in your content strategy, you want your audience to know what to expect and that it's reliable, right? So the quality, the tone, the tempo, the topic, all of that has to be consistent. So for instance, just take this podcast, uh, my goal is to get an episode out every Monday. And I've been doing that for, what, over two years now. You know, I, I miss a Monday here and there. I miss a week here and there. I need to go on vacation, uh, heavy client load, whatever. That's fine. But for the most part, almost every week I show up with a new episode. So my audience knows what to expect. Next thing is really important, which is genuine intent. If your goal is anything but trying to be useful in some way, people will see right through it. And if that happens, trust is actually going to get more difficult. Like I said before, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be at a deficit. And that's going to be tough to recover from. You really do have to get in there with the genuine intent to help people. Not all of those folks are going to become your customer. I think if you're a regular listener, you you certainly understand that concept now. You just need a small percentage of people to come down the funnel, as it were, to become your customers. But you still want to help those masses of people who are going to be reading or consuming your helpful content. And you got to be generous about it, right? And look, that used to be difficult, but we can do that now because digital content scales. I can produce this podcast episode and thousands of people can listen to it. I could not do that in one-to-one, face-to-face conversations. Digital content scales, and it's going to help you with that. But let me emphasize a really key point about this because, look, I can share all this content, produce this podcast, produce a blog. You can do that too. But the intent really, really matters. And I'm going to call on some outside help for this uh, in the form of an article by Jeff Goins, uh, really, really smart guy, successful writer. He has a post called The Difference Between Selling and Sharing. And I love his articulation of this because this part's really, really important. I can share all of this stuff. And if it's not done with the right intent, 
and you see through that, it's going to fail. You don't want to be selling. You want to be sharing your knowledge, sharing what it is that you do. Me, I'm a practitioner. I use this stuff every day. I say, hey, maybe I can help you with that too. If this comes off as me constantly selling something, that's going to be a turnoff, right? You're going to shut this off. And it's not to say that you can't do any selling, but if you're going to build up trust, you want to err on the side of doing more sharing, right? So what uh, Jeff Goyne says in this article, I left a link for you in the show notes because so that you can read the whole thing. But he says there's a difference, you know, between hawking a product at a disinterested group and telling your friends about a movie they can't miss. There's a difference between spamming everyone that you know and passionately proclaiming good news that you just can't keep inside. And there's a difference between manipulating people to buy something and just simply sharing something that you've created. And here's the thing that he says, which I love. If you're doing this, you can actually stop apologizing for your art and embrace the fact that you have something valuable to share. That's quoting Jeff directly. I love the way that he's put that. Because to me, this is the very, very core of content marketing, right? Providing this type of value genuinely gets you away from the icky parts of self-promotion. And I've said this before, but it's worth repeating, right? Any uh, content marketing that's done right is going to derive its power from a very simple principle. Provide value to your audience without expecting anything in return. Now, the converse of that is also the single biggest reason that content marketing fails uh, in what I see out there, right? The, The sort of, what do I get out of it? It shouldn't be about that. You really do have to trade in a transactional mindset for a generous mindset. It's the thing that will start to light up your content marketing efforts. So... There are a bunch of ways that you can provide value to someone, but to me, it sort of falls into four categories. You either want to inspire, inform, enlighten, or entertain. Now, if you're doing one of those things in a genuine manner, you'll probably be fine. Yes, got to be good content, got to be consistent, all that. But if you're doing one of those four things, you're inspiring someone, informing them, enlightening them, entertaining them, and it's really good content, really consistent, you're probably going to succeed. This exchange of value is really, really important. And you're going to be putting out a lot more value, much more so than, than you get back, especially at first. And that's really important to the dynamic. And a good place to stop because that's what I want to talk about next week. Um, You know, once you do earn a customer, how do you price your product? For me, in my consulting practice, hourly rate versus project rate, or just pricing in general. Like, how do you measure this exchange of value? That's what I want to talk about next week. So I hope you'll join me then. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate you. And well, I'll see you next week.